This episode is sponsored by UMSO, the website builder for startups. So I work with startups. So when I needed to build my own website, I decided to try UMSO. I needed something that was polished yet super easy because I'm not a developer and that didn't break the bank. And I've been with them ever since. Beyond my homepage, I've built out my blog, my podcast page, and my pricing page. Highly recommend UMSO to get your website off the ground. Visit umso.com slash MSM to learn more and use the code MSM20 for a 20% discount on your first three months. Hi, everybody. Great to be here with you all again. This is going to be something a little bit new. I always like to play around with different ways that I create episodes. So I brought on a customer. I brought on somebody that I have worked with and that has gotten value, hopefully, we'll talk about that, has gotten value from working with me. And I think this is going to be really good because a lot of folks are probably sharing in some of the challenges and some of the obstacles. And this is like a nice way to connect to somebody and understand how they're able to overcome some of these challenges and learn and get better at stuff and like answer some of the questions that you've had. So Everybody, I want you to welcome Matt Barentholtz onto the show. He is the founder of Future Makers. I'm saying that as if people can welcome you. Like there's like going to be clapping on the other side. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Matt, thank you for joining me today. I appreciate the invitation. And I also appreciate how transparent you're being about this. You know, I'm, I can't assume what it's like to have produced over 100 episodes of a podcast that really is helping people solve real challenges. But I can at least speak to, you know, you're also a phenomenal coach. You're a great listener. You get where we are coming from as an organization. And you also make a great connection with me as a person. So let's just start there. Things work. And I'm just, I'm curious how I can help you here. Well, great. Okay. So I super appreciate that. I want to tell people more about Future Makers, which is the name of your company. You're the founder of Future Makers. Future Makers sparks playful hands-on learning for a future fueled by makers. Those makers are kids, students in classrooms, in schools. So you're in education. Your industry is education. You've created these really cool machines that students can make in the classroom. And then I think you can actually keep them, right? That's the whole idea. Yeah. We're all about hands-on social-emotional learning. And if that's a new idea for some folks that are listening to this, think about the things that when you know, you're going to work every day and you're having challenges with people that you're working with and you're trying to solve problems and, or, you're, or you're trying not to bring it home and you're trying to sort of work through like really, really big frustrations or really big new things that are hard. Well, so... Now step into the shoes of a fourth grader who not only is trying to navigate sort of all the social ins and outs of being a fourth grader, having come back to the school, it may be for the first time this school year, being a fourth grader, let alone being with other people. And now we've got to do all these things and write all these things and keep all these appointments and submit all these deliverables. And now on top of that, you're asking me to make a thing and the thing needs to work. And I'm going to be graded on this. This is part of my performance evaluation. There's a little bit of stress involved in all of that. Absolutely. And if you were a person when you were little who loved 
learning by making things or doing things or getting up and moving around, or even not. If you were someone that really was curious about how things worked and you like to play and collaborate with other people, we make that. That's what we do. And what we, we exist to sort of help educators spark play first and then learn. And, you know, the hard part is how do we go from this little project that's doing a lot of great work in the mid-Atlantic region and support classrooms all over the country and do it in a way that feels great and we're not making lots of big changes to our secret sauce we're telling the story honestly every time and we're listening for what people are curious about and not adjusting every single feature and what we like we're a restartup and without getting into a lot of other stuff before 2020 we were teachers that went into classrooms to help other teachers be really confident about using tools and materials with their students because it's a little scary to be a teacher to do that now we're you know, we weren't able to do that for a while and we've learned that we can do it without having to go there. And it has to do with making amazing experiences that come in a bag. So that's my pitch. Yeah, you said you're a restartup, which is cool because you're founded in 2011 and you're kind of in this mode of, okay, we're trying to now go a, a different direction, right? Yeah. With these machines that you're building for the students in the classroom. And like, yeah. so I was one of Matt's coaches. Just a little background here. During a seven-week EdTech Founders Go-To-Market Bootcamp, it included instruction on both the marketing side, on the sales side. So together with my colleague, Daniel O'Reilly, who's on the sales side, I was on the marketing side. We did a bunch of one-to-one feedback sessions as Matt started implementing some of the strategies and sharing with his team, right? And you even drafted a playbook for scalable growth. So there was a lot that we covered during that seven-week session. And that's why I brought you in. And I wanted to talk about, now that we've talked about a little bit about your business, right? And your goals, right? You're kind of like restarting up again. Yeah. Why did you decide to do the go-to-market bootcamp? What was the reason? I was telling myself this story that if I could only just like hire some outside people to help me with sales, everything would be fine. And I ran around with that in my head for a couple of weeks and Googled and talked and asked and searched and eventually couldn't find anybody and then randomly came across Fuel K12. Yeah. Yeah, Fuel K12 and what and the boot camp, which I was calling sales camp to all the folks that I work with, and basically hit up Dano and said, Hey Dano, can your folks do this? thing for us. And Dana was like, great idea. You're not ready. We're not ready to do this together. It would be really great though, if you had a way of putting it all down. In fact, I've got a solution for that. We've got this boot camp. I think you're a perfect candidate for that. And I went, I'm real down with that. I would love to build it instead of sort of criticize someone else's building of a process that doesn't naturally fit or understand or is based on you know, eight or nine or 10 years of experience. So I absolutely said yes. It's one of the very few things as a founder I've said yes quickly to. I'm not a huge fan of bringing in a lot of outside help for economic reasons, for, you know, I'm a visionary. I actually need people that are ready to help me integrate things, you know, do more visionary stuff. Like there's stuff that I didn't think I could really pull off without doing the work. And that's why I did it. And I'm happy to talk about the work that I did and I'm still doing. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's dive into the go-to market bootcamp and how 
you were really looking for something. You were trying to hire people, you know, for your sales side. But then you talked to Dano and he said, what you need is this boot camp. Yes. What do you think the biggest value came from the boot camp? What was it? Being able to talk with my team in an informed way about what I didn't know. Being able to really list the things I was completely unfamiliar with. Again, I'm coming from education and I'm coming from service. So we, we served a discrete geographic area. We didn't have SDRs. There was no account executive. There was me and some other people that were really great at executing programs. We're not a nonprofit. We're not sort of operating you know, the good intentions and good graces of other people. We're really trying to build a sustainable and growing opportunity. So I needed to be able to tell my advisors now and the folks that work with me on my team what I'm missing, what we are missing. I got a framework. There's discrete things like here is approaches to what a conversation looks like in your first call before you hit LinkedIn and make a second call and another email. And like I got very, very discrete suggestions that I can modify based on how I've been implementing all the way up to, hey, let's really think about the personas that you're not just marketing to, but you're communicating with and selling to, and who are the people that are in between you and them, and how can you really like understand relationship building instead of sell, 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 market, 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 market. It's really been very formative, and, and something I would really want to say now is there was another podcast that I'm not remembering the guest because there's a hundred of them and I listen to a lot, but the idea of a category, defining a category, I realized in the process that we may be defining a category, which sounds insane. It's like megalomania is setting in. No, actually, there. No, it's not insane at all. Was it my podcast? This is you. And it actually, it was mentioned most recently on the most recent one that I heard with, I don't want to get names wrong, but it's the person who is really talking about, you know, how are we moving people from social platforms into our, pla- our platform? And Anthony Canada. Yeah, who defined the category of, yeah. you know, really understanding what customer success means. That's amazing. And so I was able to sit and talk with people on my team and go like, what category are we in? Oh my gosh, the podcast helped you yeah. to have conversations that were lucrative for your business to talk to your team about? Wow, <laughs> what do you know? That's amazing. <laughs> really, and I'm, I'm not stretching here. We don't know if it's lucrative. This is still just a hunch, but it's the beginning of a conversation that's injecting confidence into me as a founder, a non-technical founder, who's really ready to start asking now as part of like the marketing side. Well, is there, have you ever heard of hands-on SEL? Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't expect anyone here to want to know what that means, but there's a lot of educators and a lot of education professionals and administrators that are like, whoa, what's that? And that's giving us some big clues. So yes, there's a lot that we got out of it. And it's just the framework to begin it. I can go on and on and on, but... Hey, it's Anna, the host of Modern Startup Marketing, the show that you're listening to. I'm also the founder of Firminov Marketing Consulting. People call me the Marie Kondo of startup marketing because I help early stage startups clean up their marketing mess with the right strategy and execute with laser focus. Just wanted to let you know that you can get a marketing audit and custom roadmap to help you start seeing more traction from your marketing efforts. To learn more, go to firminovmarketing.com slash pricing. 
And now back to this episode. No, that's great. So it sounds like the biggest value from the bootcamp for you is like the confidence and being able to talk to the team. And from a go-to market perspective, like you're, we covered everything. We went really nitty gritty into the details on the sales side. We went into the details on the marketing side. We talked about like how to think about prioritizing your channels, putting together your marketing plan, expecting marketing to have certain goals at the end of it. You're not just like creating blog posts or, you know, creating this website and posting on social media. You have goals and you need to have like these experiments that you're setting and testing and then trying to hit those goals. And if you're not, then something's wrong and you need to kind of reshuffle and figure out, okay, that's probably not the best place for us to go all in. So the thing is, it's all integrated and it's all integrated really clearly. So the tools that Anna was able to set me up with were tools that I could use to evaluate well. The folks that we're doing some work around marketing with now, they're wonderful. They're fantastic. They have really big vision, but I'm actually not talking with them about metrics. We so, and now what do we have? We have a dashboard. Like really understanding that what we're intending to do can be measured and it doesn't all have to be just a giant experimental lab, which is good. It needs to be an experimental lab for a certain period of time and it will always be. But we now know how to say like, huh, well, that CTA sort of didn't work there, but it's working here. Why? How do we look at the path that this person is sort of following to get to that? Like, I'm not thinking about those things. And I'm also not qualified to always be looking at the execution of those things. I just need to set the people that we're working up with, with a clear goal and an understanding of expectations and maybe a little bit more cheerleading because I can watch the dashboard and go, this is awesome. Or this looks scary. How can I help? That is the the biggest benefit. Best like 15 hours of intense work, just one-on-ones, just on a Zoom, best time spent I've done in a long, long time. And it's not just 15 hours. You're doing the work when you're not watching and listening and talking. Yeah. So can you talk about a little bit, like when you say doing the work, it wasn't just you're listening to someone talk and then you're leaving and you're doing like the same stuff you always did before. What did you start to implement from the learnings? Right away, I looked at what is it that we already have an understanding of? We have these personas. We've built a certain set of documents around you know, here's who we're working with. This is what their lives are like. Here's the, here's the values that are ours. Here's the values that are theirs. Like I had a really good package that we'd begun with folks that we're working with and it's super comprehensive, but it was not the full picture. It wasn't integrated with, well, then there's a sales process and an SDR also before this You'd say SDR. I'm like, is that like a thing you put a DVD in? Like, I don't know what an SDR is. Like, honestly, I could be really, really uninformed and not feel like I was really uninformed. There was zero lingo that I had to quickly Google while I was listening. But I had no idea that, you know, an SDR is really getting you to this place in a conversation and they need this fuel in order to get there confidently and effectively. And this is how they should be performing. 
I couldn't say that to folks that are supporting us with marketing and go like, we're preparing to bring on one and then another sales, you know, sort of like an SDR kind of person. And we were considering like, oh, we need a customer success person before we start investing in sales. It's like, no, actually, like there's, there are some really, really practical, practical, here's the book, go with the book, trust the process, but you have to fill in the process. That's the value going through and filling in the process. And I could not fill in the process if there weren't office hours available outside of these Wednesday Zoom calls, because that's where the scary questions that I feel embarrassed to ask could get asked. Yeah. And that's where I really got like serious, non-judgmental, critical feedback. Really, really helpful. (laughs) It's a good gig. There are other founders in other organizations that I'm strongly encouraging to think about this. So, Well, so the cool thing for me personally in this experience is I've always focused on the marketing side of things. And here we were able to kind of help inform efforts for education founders building their businesses from both the sales and marketing and how do both sort of work together? Because believe it or not, Matt, that doesn't always happen within companies, your stage, bigger, much bigger. There's misalignment, there's misaligned goals, and nobody's really amplifying like the stuff that we're doing in marketing actually could really help the inside sales team over here. And this is the place where we want to be able to use that, those materials or that info, you know, and create value at this part of the conversation. For me, I thought that was really cool too, to be part of like the collaborative, what does a collaborative environment look like? where you could bring in both sales and marketing and talk to both sides and create this growth coming from both sides. And I didn't even know that there was tension or a weird dynamic in the world of that. So coming in now understanding that my first exposure is, yeah, integration, go for it. That's where we're starting. Wow, how amazing is that? Me not having to experience things not working in order to get them to a working place. I'm starting with, well, this is the way things are now. I love that. Like that's my approach. And I want more early stage companies to start from a good place because it's really hard to move your mindset Mm -hmm. away from like the siloed sales and marketing, not collaborating, all that stuff. It's really hard to change that within a company, Matt. Like I've seen it so many times where that's the mindset, that's the leadership thinking, and that's the leaders in both of those arenas. And it's just so hard to move into a different, a better way. So starting from that place, I think you're going to have a leg up above others. So I'm rooting for you and your business. Thank you. I appreciate that. And if folks are able to listen to the episode that Dano recorded with Anna, I, it will really reinforce that why. Why is it so important? Because it's, it's not starting from a deficit, like, oh, we've got a problem and we got to fix this problem. It's starting with the opportunity and it's starting with like, hey, if you are an early stage kind of person and you're learning and you've got a group of people or advisors or investors or folks that are counting on you. And in our case, we have students and educators counting on us to make sure that, you know, not only do they get maybe to experience what we're making once, but to make sure that they're getting the new things that we're offering or get more of the same again, or just give us the feedback so we can improve it for them in the future or 
another school district or another, you know, sort of partner of ours, it's really important for those people who are out there telling the story to get the story right. It's not all going to happen in the delivery of your amazing app, product, service, et cetera. It, it happens in the relationship. And honestly, most of those conversational relationships are with people in sales. And most of the information that those people in sales are using, in my experience, my limited experience, but now I'm knowing where to look, is not coming from the founder. It's coming from listening to the users. And that listening to the users is going through marketing. So that story is refined and clearer. So we all can tell it honestly and accurately. It's a big deal. It's really formative. Yeah, definitely. And that episode that you're referring to with Dano that I did is episode 117. If people want to check that out, it's just half an hour long. So you can hear more about the marketing and sales alignment and what are some misconceptions, what are some still problems between the two functions and how can they work more collaboratively. So wonderful, Matt. Thank you so much. This is the first time that I invited a customer onto the podcast and I appreciate your time. Of course. And if anybody wants to check out Matt's company is called kidsmakethingsbetter.com. That is the URL. That is the URL. (laughs) Yes. So thank you again, Matt. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Modern Startup Marketing. New episodes are dropping weekly, so make sure you're following wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on LinkedIn, search for Anna Firmanov, or go to my website, firmanovmarketing.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.